Hey everyone, welcome back to the I Should Totally Be Dead Right Now podcast, where we tell true stories of survivors of true crime, natural disasters, and everything else in between. How's it going, Michelle? Uh, it's awesome. Awesome. I am going on vacation. Hey. Leaving in like two and a half hours. Ooh. I cannot wait. I'm a little bit buzzy. <laughs> All is well in the world. Absolutely. <laughs> Woo! Vacation yourself, for Caitlin. It occurred oh. to me that maybe I don't think I ever really asked. What an asshole. <laughs> you do. You do sometimes. Do I? Uh, <laughs> do I? Uh, no, really not as a very exciting. Uh, just chilling this weekend. I'm actually having a like a Zoom call with my parents who are in Europe right now on, you know, the retirement Living trip. their best lives. I know. So <laughs> that will be nice to see their faces. Uh, but yeah, no, yeah. But you enjoy that vacation, girl. You deserve it. Hell yeah. I'm going to uh, (laughs) the beach on the Atlantic Ocean, which I've never been to. So I'm really excited. I've only ever seen the Pacific Ocean. So Yeah, me too. Well, cool. Here we come. Did I find a story to freak myself out right before we leave? Hell yeah, I did. I feel like that's like self-karma. I don't know. You did that for my wedding. So now. Yeah, I do feel like it's about time I do it to myself because right. if you were going on vacation, obviously I would find something about that spot that's <laughs> terrifying and dangerous. So that exact location, something awful <laughs> yeah. happens. Mine's just along the coast, not like where we're going to be. Oh, okay. So, so okay. it's safe. It's safe. It's safe. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, what were we drinking for your vacation? Uh, <laughs> a sparkling green gator. Is Ooh. What we're uh, um, it's tasty, very tropical, and very by the side of the pool type drink you want to have, or on the beach, maybe mm-hmm. in the Atlantic Ocean beach. That's probably not what they call it at all. <laughs> like, oh, bitch, you're so weird. Okay. In a highball glass over ice, I put about a ounce and a half of Midori, a half ounce of coconut rum. I filled the glass uh, with pineapple juice about two thirds up after I put the alcohol in. And then I topped it with club soda. And so it made it very sort of, as I said, sweet, tropically yummy. I think Mm -hmm. it's almost like a blue Hawaiian, except for it's green. It's a beautiful green color. Yeah. It's like vibrant. Yeah. (laughs) that Midori man it is green green I love tropical drinks so delicious I know of course I always think of you when we have anything with pineapple juice in it oh I love it (laughs) and it's delicious yeah I do love pineapple juice so perfect it's it's perfect yeah we're ready to rock and roll on vacation now heck yeah Mm -mm -mm. all right are you ready for some stories now uh Kaylin I was born ready obviously right well, All right, I, Caitlin, take us away. I this is a very famous story, so Ooh. I'm gonna do my best at you know retelling it, and you know, okay. All right, all right. You may know it once we start getting into it, but the names maybe not. Probably, I don't know. Yeah, so, I feel like I'm just so not in touch that this is probably going to be a completely brand new story for me. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> this story is about the Turpin family. Turpin family. Okay. No, it's not ringing any bells so far. So I'm going to give you some, pretty much some backstory and it's going to lead up to a certain day. Okay. Okay. So David and Louise met 
at a high school in West Virginia and they got married, but he was 23 and she was 16 years old when they got married. Okay. So, but not amazing. uh, They were Pentecostal Christians. Okay. I think I said that right. And part of their belief was to have as many children as God allowed them to have. Okay. So we're just reproducing as fast as we can. Yes, exactly. So they have their first child when she is, when he's 26 and she is 20. Okay. Something like that. That makes sense. I mean, maybe her birthday is a little further ahead in the year or further back. I don't know, but yeah, I get it. Or she's turning 20 and he's 20. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. The numbers add up. You're good. Sure. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) But then they eventually have 13 children. Oh, geez. That's a lot. Yeah, between 1988 and 2015. They have three sons and 10 daughters. Okay. But they never treated their children very well. They never took them to school, never educated them. Jennifer was the firstborn and she's the oldest. They did take her into public school, but they never bathed her and she would be made fun of in class and they didn't really feed her either so she was really skinny they would call her skinny bones and she smelled bad and no one wanted to talk to her and teachers started to get suspicious so they pulled her out and she never went back to school ever again neither any children ever went back to school at all this isn't making a great name for west virginia i gotta be honest well then they moved to fort worth texas Oh, I thought you were going to say somewhere in Ohio. And I was like, this is a story that's very pointed, Caitlin. (laughs) All right, Texas. Uh, And they lived there until 1999. And then they moved to Rio Vista. And in 2007, the parents would move 10 of their children in an isolated trailer on the property and just left them to fend for themselves. Oh, is, are these? Oh, do you know if it's like the ten oldest, the ten youngest, or just random? It's the ten, ten oldest, like the least. No, it's the ten oldest, and then they kept the youngest ones with them. What they did though is they would bring groceries weekly, um, so they can eat, but they never brought enough groceries for the week for ten kids. Yeah, so they would end up just eating ketchup packets or grass from outside or ice that they would make oh my god not awful yeah i this is uh it's like i couldn't even probably think of like a novel you know right. where this shit's taking place and this is real life oh my god mm-hmm. and in 2014 they moved to paris california where they all live together in one house so this why, is okay just pause real quick yeah why would you move to like the most expensive state ever <laughs> like he, why would that be your choice i just don't he's understand an engineer that. so i don't know how much money how he's making he have even a remotely good job this is insane to me okay i'm sorry i'm sorry no, it's it's fine no no absolutely because oh, how is he this... an engineer how is this happening to this someone just... who seems to be educated i'm sorry <laughs> It's just on, the human. tip of the iceberg, Michelle. Oh no. So as the kids were there, they were of course abused. I mean, they've been abused this whole time. Um, but they weren't allowed really to stand. They had to lay on their bed and they would even chain them to the bed so they couldn't <sighs> get up. 
what and this brings you closer to god okay i'm now i'm getting really upset well they would use bible verses to justify them abusing their kids (sighs) like if they stole because some since they didn't really eat they would steal food because they're starving and if they got caught then they were punished so they were beaten or strangled shackled (sighs) to their bed it was just awful yeah the only time they could get unshackled is to go to the bathroom or to eat but they can only eat bread and peanut butter while the parents had all this food in the kitchen for themselves. I'm done with these fucking parents forever. Absolutely. I they thought even... this was going to be like a story about our poor little 16 year old girl who got married young. No, I'm done with her. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh. And the parents would even get fast food for themselves and nothing for the kids. They even had the some of the oldest make their food for them and not give them any terrible i'm at a loss for words caitlin mm-hmm. they would only let them bathe once a year and what i thought you were gonna say like once a week no once a <laughs> like year once a month once a year yeah their clothes were <laughs> dirty but there is even a bigger problem with the mom because she was a cereal shopper online and she would buy new kids clothes new toys And the kids couldn't touch them, couldn't play with them unless she allowed them to, which she never really did. So there was new clothes in the closet with tags still on it, but never used toys that were never opened, but she just kept buying it for- That's insane. Right? Like if you're going to do all that shopping, take care of your kids a little bit. Right? Like it makes no sense. I don't, I don't Mm -hmm. understand. Like clearly- these are not normal people clearly no but the awful thing too is on a rare occasion they would bring all the family out pretty much to like save face like show post pictures of their happy big family so they went to disneyland once and they also um renewed their vows in like vegas and they brought all the kids so they said that that was the best day ever because they got to be clean they got to wear clean clothes, oh. uh, but they never told anyone that they're being abused because it's like we get to come out. And also they didn't know like who to talk to because they've never talked to en- any stranger outside of the house. Oh, my God. This is the worst. Yeah. No, awful. But you could see they were all so skinny and small and no one it never raised a flag really to anyone oh god these parents are assholes caitlin Mm -hmm. just so you know so the parents did allow one or two of the older like the oldest to have phones like cell phones so whenever they left like because they would leave and you know go have adventures and stuff uh they would call the parents would leave right that's what you're saying yeah the parents would leave go do whatever they want and they would call the oldest and give them instructions of what they want seen done. And they would make them punish the youngers, like putting them in father's cages, as they would say. Ugh. So they also would be put in cages. The oldest had to like punish the young ones as well. Uh, well, the poor oldest, I mean, they're so indoctrinated to this lifestyle that... right. It's probably they, it doesn't even occur to them that there's a different way of life, you know, that mm-hmm. sometimes parents aren't complete assholes and neglectful, abusive people to their children. Mm-hmm. 
But this allowed, I mean, it's a cell phone. So they had access. It was like a newer cell phone, of course, you know. So they uh, had access to the internet. Uh, so this allowed. Like, what? what are all these happy people that look well-nourished and have color in their cheeks and nice clothes and bathe? That's exactly what happened. Jordan, she is 17 years old. She started watching YouTube and she actually would watch Justin Bieber. She liked his music and he also posted like videos of like his adventures, you know, and she was like, his world doesn't look like mine because she didn't know anything outside of these walls except for those two instances, really. And she's like, maybe I can have that world someday. So this Mm. started her kind of doing some more research. And All even right. inspired her to post videos of herself singing. So she would sing in the bathroom only late at night when the parents were asleep. But she wanted to be a singer. And so she wrote songs herself and oh. was posting them on YouTube. I know. But then the comment, sec- the comment section was like, why do you only post at night? And why you like all this stuff? And she was saying, well, I'm not allowed pretty much... <laughs> Saying like kind of being abused videos in the day my parents are awful yeah so everyone's like you should tell someone you should you know ask for help and this kind of made her realize that watching his video justin bieber's videos and then people saying this is not normal she's like okay this is not this is not normal right well good so this gave jordan the courage to do something Uh, go jordan it was so this is where um, she saw her siblings crying and in pain and told her older sister, Jennifer, um, that they have to get help. Like, we can't do this anymore. Mm. And also the next day they were planning to move to Oklahoma or something like that somewhere oh. else. So, so like, it was like a now or never type yeah. thing. So Jennifer, who's the oldest, she drew her a map of outside the best that she could remember and... Oh, also uh, told know, and also told her like you need proof so she so jordan took pictures of her younger sisters in chains to the mm. bed god oh those pictures have got to be heartbreaking yeah so it is now january 14th 2018 it is 5 49 a.m and jordan jumps out the window she Ooh. took the old cell phone that's been like there's no data it can only call 911 that's the only oh. thing it can do but and then she just runs. She doesn't really use the map because it just was Isn't you know very good. Perhaps. No, so <laughs> she didn't know where to go. She didn't know anything about street signs. So she just ran and then she called nine one one and she was shaking because this was the first time she was talking to someone on the phone ever. Oh my gosh! So the nine one one dispatch asked her like where she is. You know what street she's on she doesn't know she has no idea she just knows that they're in paris california so they were able to track pinpoint where she was and told her like do you see any signs at all she's like i see a stop sign they're like great stay there stay at the stop sign and they'll be on the way yeah so uh deputies come at 6 11 so she jumped out at 5 49 is now 6 11 a.m and jordan is trying to she's so nervous and so scared and she's trying to get the words out like we are being abused but her vocab is just not very good because she's never been taught the only the only language really that she was taught was from the oldest ones and the oldest was trying to teach the little ones like as much as they know 
Oh gosh. So the deputy was like, are you on any like medication? And she's like, what's that? What's medication? Like she doesn't even know what medication is. And so he's like, okay, well just come sit in my, come sit in my car. And um, do you have any injuries? She didn't know what that was either. She didn't know what the word injuries were. Even. It was so sad. But he's like, do you have any proof of what you're telling me? She's like, yes, yes. And uh, she puts on a little hat that her younger sisters just to make her feel more comfortable. And oh, okay. Um, but he sees the pictures of um them chained These up. Poor and kids have, chained up. Yeah, and they have bruises everywhere. But she didn't know the word bruises. She's like, see, see, that's on their skin. And he was like, bruise. Like <laughs> it was just so sad that. It was just so hard to communicate because she knew so little. Oh my goodness. So it is now 7.20 a.m. and four deputies go to the house. They start knocking on the door and it took two minutes and 10 seconds knocking before the parents actually opened the door. What's that noise? Yeah. They said it's a welfare check, which pretty much, yeah, they have to make sure everyone is okay. So they don't need a warrant at this time because they have... um. Enough. trouble cause to mm. go see because those pictures of the girls chained up yeah for sure so the parents were like oh we're moving today so the house is a mess but the house was filthy it was mold everywhere food molding food God. just trash everywhere it was just unhealthy God. so they found the children but they were not chained up so they're thinking the that two minutes, they're running and unchaining the kids. Oh, when they heard the knocking. Mm-hmm. I see. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't until there's these boxes that were like in front of this back door. The police was like, is there any more kids sleeping? They're like, oh, maybe. I don't know. So Who he goes say? in there. Yeah. They go in there and boom, one kid is chained up still. little boy and then uh and then that was that was enough and they opened the closets and there were the chains right on the floor so they're like that's it parents are arrested now good so the children were taken to the hospital and they spent two months in recovery oh my gosh really yeah they were all malnourished the 29 year old the oldest she weighed 82 pounds (gasps) oh that's like nothing yeah, exactly. So they were treated with various issues, including heart damage, cognitive impairments, neuropathy, and also one of them had like a non-developed arm. Like it was what? the size of like a of a toddler, even though they were older. So it was probably from total malnutrition and yeah, vitamin no, deficiencies, and I mean, mm-hmm. all kinds of crazy stuff can happen when you don't have the right all of that right nutrients. Oh, God. I hope those parents are dead in jail right now. I guess they wouldn't be dead in jail, but I hope they went to jail. Oh, God, I'm sorry. (laughs) Well, uh, Jordan's first meal in the hospital was mac and cheese, and she said it was so good. (laughs) So the mother was diagnosed with DID, which is um, the identity disorder, which is like multiple personality. They changed the name. Multiple personality Oh, I see. I mean, her family said that she was sexually assaulted and abused as a kid and she got married at 16 and he was abusive. So it was just, it doesn't give an excuse of what she did, but it does give a little backstory. Yeah. You can have some compassion for 
her own problems and what happened to her her own traumas Mm -hmm. but as you say it does not excuse it no absolutely not so in february of 2019 the parents pled guilty on 14 counts including cruelty to a dependent adult child cruelty torture and false imprisonment in april they were sentenced to life in prison with a possibility for parole after 25 years Mm. so 2019 they're they are in prison jennifer and the oldest son made victim impact statements and then the parents got to say that they got to say something they said they're sorry and that they love their kids but their actions sure did not show that so agreed yeah no you can kind of say that all you want but maybe don't chain them to the wall or to the bed or feed them Mm. not feed them and yeah all that other gross shit you did you think the story ends here but it it just sucks because they then went into the custody of the county you know and you have these uneducated adults and uneducated kids trying to figure out the world now alone especially as adults uh the county really dropped the ball they put them in housing in a very dangerous uh neighborhood And the younger ones uh, were put in foster care, and that foster care family sexually and physically abused them again. Oh my God. Yeah. So That's good. a lot of people raised money for them, and they were unable to get any of that money because the county was holding it for some reason. And they're trying to get help to get that money so they can, you know, live. So right now they actually have a lawsuit with the county and it just really sucks. But now the four youngest are in a different foster care together and they are happy. That's what that's good. That's a little bit of a silver lining. Yeah. So Jordan and Jennifer, the oldest and Jordan who jumped out the window, they went on a 2020 Diane Sawyer interview of called house of horrors and this is where i got all their information is mm-hmm. it was their story that they told by their accounts yes the the younger ones are in a better place and jennifer is studying to be a nurse jordan oh. is wants to be an influencer and she does a lot of tiktok dances and is on social media and she has a good following there and the kids are just trying to do their best and they want the name turpin to be seen as a strong name like Mm. they are strong people instead of seeing them as you know these horrible people you see them as strong individuals that got help you know oh absolutely oh that whole story was heartbreaking i know so i'm glad that they're doing good and i'm hoping the county is i hope they they win their lawsuit get their money and yeah it just it's sad that they finally asked for help and the help fell through like yeah again it's just sad it's just super sad but one of them has a college degree now I mean every everyone has uh, graduated high school so it looks hopeful for them it's just really sad because like the oldest is 29 when they're rescued so 29 years of her life is just abuse now you know malnourishment that's all she knew and it's just super sad yeah Yeah. well and not getting any skills for life or Mm -hmm. really understanding the basics you know i mean not being able to bathe 
except for once a year that's insanity like absolutely 13 kids suffering it's just it's not fair it's really not fair but i know i think it's like my life has been a dream i mean compared to so many people and i'm so grateful for my own experiences and things Mm -hmm. but i just it's it's almost hard for me to imagine that this stuff happens and it happens all the time yeah no it's heartbreaking absolutely heartbreaking but we wish the best for them and if you want to watch that it actually has a police footage of them talking to jordan and arresting the parents and court you know so it gives uh, a lot of detail in that Mm -hmm. yeah oh man so Ooh, well, okay, Michelle. Maybe well, we should I don't go even on want to, to your tell story. my story now. Like, forget it. You have to. We have a drink for it. Who cares? <laughs> I'm done with it forever. Oh my god! All right. So this story is about Eric Murda, and I'm taking us back to July 18th of 2022. Oh wow! So we're coming around to the year anniversary of this. Mm-hmm. So it's even, you know, sort of even more uh relevant i guess for us because we're going in july also okay so we're in manatee county florida cute manatee i know oh the sea cows (laughs) yeah i would love to see a manatee i've never seen one and like reach out to it and have it you know nuzzle my hand or something i heard sharks don't eat them because they're so nice (laughs) (laughs) i hope that's true i know right i hope that with my whole heart that that's true (laughs) me too all right on to eric okay so eric for the past couple weeks have has been doing perhaps a lot of soul searching maybe is the way to put it Mm -hmm. he's uh how he put it he's been having a crazy battle with god Mm. So he's had a lot of struggles in his 43 years so far. He's had addiction and street fights and run-ins with the law and just really has, I don't know, just struggled a lot in his life. Mm -hmm. And he's, a few things have been clear to him recently. One, the relationship with the mother of his five children is over. You Mm. know, that's not going to, they're not getting back together. And he realized also he had been running with a pretty dangerous crowd, you know, and now perhaps it was time to sort of start cleaning up his act is how he felt. Okay. Um, So by day in Florida, he installed and repaired sprinkler systems. And by night, he's gotten into this new habit of sort of exploring after dark i don't know how else to put it okay okay um he would go to the beach and dare himself to go swim out as far as he could in the dark oh and or swimming back and or how long could he uh float in the ocean with his eyes open in the salt water and oh my you know, gosh sort of like yeah sort of weird challenges to himself okay often had sort of a I could possibly die in this scenario, you know? So he almost felt like he was like daring God to kill him, I guess. I see. I see. Courting death, if you will. Okay. A lot of often he would actually sleep outdoors and just like sleep on the beach after swimming out and that type of thing. And then one morning he wakes up and he's kind of surrounded by trash. And so he has this impulse to now pick up all this trash. 
Hmm. And so he started making a habit of picking up trash wherever he went. And because that one morning of picking up all that, that trash on the beach, like just felt good and right to him. And so he just wanted to continue on doing that. Okay. So now he picks up trash kind of mm-hmm. wherever he sees it. So now let's skip to the morning of July 18th. And mm-hmm. he had done a job in some in a rural area near Manatee County, as I said. And he was done by late afternoon. Uh, so he had plenty of time to explore before it was going to get dark. So he uh, spots this dirt road with a small sign that says, lake manatee fish camp and so he's like oh what's what's this this is an adventure calling my name so he heads his work van down this little country road he passes a little country store there's some folks on the side of the road that are playing horseshoes Mm -hmm. uh, and he just keeps on following the road and at the end of the road there is a boat ramp that goes into lake manatee and lake manatee is a man-made reservoir Oh, okay. This area. It's four square miles, and the wow. entire four square miles is surrounded by swampland. Oh. So it's a big man made reservoir in the midst of all this swampland. Interesting. So, I mean, with the, you know, green gator drink and all this swampland, <laughs> you can probably imagine where I'm going with this. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> dun, 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 spoiler alert. What he noticed, of course, is after he parked, that there was a lot of trash about. Mm -hmm. There was trash strewn everywhere. So he started collecting all this garbage into piles. And then after a while, he's like, you know what? I'm off work. I don't need to be picking up all this trash. I can go explore at my own leisure and enjoy my time off to myself. So that's what he decides to do. He's going to go see what's in the woods. Okay. And so he sort of skips off into the trees and is (laughs) going to have a great time. Hey. So he comes to this thicket of brush that seems like it is impenetrable. Like you're just not going to be able to find a clear path through. And so he's just like, well, I have a lot of adventure in my heart, so I'm just going to go for it. And so he just sort of hurdles into this thicket and, you know, sort of bulldozes his way through it. Okay. So he he said it was exhausting and it took many minutes to sort of scramble his way through this, you know, thicket of branches. But finally, he emerges on the other side and he's in a grove of orange trees. And so he's like, oh, well, this is delightful. And I don't know if you've ever smelled orange trees when they're blossoming. Actually, they're probably not blossoming in July, but sidebar, it smells amazing like uh i know the smell from soaring california the ride oh, it's that smell yes <laughs> oh, it's wow. incredible. you're okay. actually near ojai when uh probably in the spring like april or may uh-huh. drive through ojai and it will be incredible with your windows down oh it's amazing the orange oh groves groves okay. are just it smells incredible it's so wonderful it's like soaring california on steroids love it so anyway that's what i thought of when i read about him being in this <laughs> okay so at this point he's sweaty he's pretty cut up and he's tired right and he has actually very little idea of where he is in relation to the lake oh gosh so yeah he had been pushing through this thicket for quite a while and now he's kind of lost 
So he's like, you know what? I'm going to go back to my van and I'm going to go home. Mm-hmm. So he sort of wanders around this orange grove until he's like, you know what? My van, I'm not going to find it in this orange grove. I need to head back into the woods. Uh-huh. And so that's what he does. He uh, ends up sort of mucking around in a lot of swamp water because, again, this whole lake is ringed by swamp. I don't think he fully knew that at the time. That's a Mm. fact we now have the, you know, we can see afterwards. But anyway, (laughs) so he's now in a bog. It's getting later. He's scratched up and his boots and feet are killing him. Because now he's been walking for hours and his boots are getting filled up with mud and water. So he's like, you know what? I'm going to take them off. I'm going to try walking without it. But of course, his feet immediately get completely cut up. And so he's forced to stop and put his boots back on and keep on trudging. And at this point, he's realizing that he is hopelessly lost. He doesn't know where he is. He's not even fully sure where the lake is. He does not know where his van is. And so he's in trouble, but, and darkness is coming. But at last, he finally makes it to the edge of the lake. Like he comes out of the woods, has gone through the swampland and, ah, there's the lake. And what he sees is that his van and that boat ramp are across the lake from him. Oh my gosh. So he is on the complete opposite side of the lake. Of course. Shit. I can't. I don't <laughs> want to go back to the woods. I don't want to go back in the swamp. You know what? I'm going to swim across the lake. That's really? my That's my choice. So that's four miles. What's that? Four miles? Yeah. Oh my God. Well, it, it can't be that long because he can't see his van. Mm-hmm. Um, so oh, I don't right, think right. it's four miles, but it's probably. Not a short distance. Right, right, right. Okay. (laughs) So I'm actually not quite sure. So he starts to enter the lake and he's realizing, I know it's like, uh, and it's dark. Oh my God. This is my worst nightmare. This is my worst nightmare. Okay. I think most of my stories are my worst nightmare. (laughs) I have something about water that you can't see the bottom of. And I've had scary, uh, scary dreams with like huge fish coming up from the depths of the dark you know mm-hmm. so i'm already scared for him and i know what's gonna happen so. <laughs> <laughs> all right so he enters the water and he realizes that it is surprisingly cold it's much colder than mm-hmm. he expected it to be i mean he's been florida in the middle of summer it's just swampy hot heat and so he actually ends up start He drinks some of the lake water because he's so thirsty. I mean, he's been out trudging around for hours now and he's, you know, he's making his way swimming along Um, and he realizes he's never going to make it out, make it to the other side with all of his clothes on. I don't know if you've ever swam with all your clothes on, but super heavy. I remember we had this thing when I was on the swim team where once a year you had to wear jeans, boots, a sweatshirt. And you, we had to jump in the water and tread water for like an hour with all wow. these clothes yeah. on, you know, and it was, it was hard. And so it gets heavy. So he abandons his clothes. He sort of takes them off and lets them sink into the bottom of the lake mm-hmm. and proceeds on. And he's a good swimmer, but every time he puts his face down in the water to really start swimming hard, he realizes he's going off course 
And so it's oh. it's just going really slow for him. He thinks he's going in one direction and then he pops his head off and realizes that he's been going in the wrong direction and he needs to adjust and try swimming again. And it's just maddening. He's, you know, feeling completely frustrated, but he knows if he panics, that's going to be the end of him. So he's mm. got to keep his cool. The sun now has completely disappeared. Ugh. Stars above. And he keeps alternating between backstroke and crawl to like try to make it to conserve his energy. And so he's in the middle of sort of doing the backstroke and is stopping for a moment to kind of take a breather when his intuition starts to tingle. Uh And he starts looking around and that's when he saw the alligator. No! Yeah. And before he could even swim a stroke more... That alligator came up, got his arm, and <gasps> started tussling with him. Like, oh my he's gosh. Him, you know, in the blink of an eye, boom, this alligator has got him up to the elbow. They're fast. So the alligator immediately drags him underwater. Oh, of course. Yeah. This is the way the alligator works. And so Eric just goes into complete fight mode. Yeah. He flings his other arm around the gator's middle, and he's, you know, clutching it he's trying to kick his feet to keep from being dragged under mm-hmm. and sort of eric emerge from up through the top of the water again he's able to like gulp in the some air mm-hmm. and then he's dragged under immediately again and now the alligator goes into the barrel roll yeah as we know they do they start Death roll spinning themselves to try to you know disorient and drown their victims and at that point eric felt his arm get torn away <gasps> from the, his body. Oh my gosh. And so the alligator takes off with his arm and disappears. So now Eric is in the middle of this effing lake, has just had a tussle with the alligator and has lost his arm. Oh my so gosh. He, you know, <gasps> ugh, I can't even, I can't even imagine. No. So Eric is not feeling any pain yet, but he is feeling complete terror. I bet. Well, imagine. And his one thought is he's got to get out of the water. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, uh, so he's swimming furiously. He's paddling with his poor stump of an arm on one Ugh. side. And he is able to actually get himself up and onto some submerged grasses. And so he's able to sort of claw his way out of. Oh, my gosh. Okay. And he drags himself over and is able to get on into the swamp. And now he's just calling for help and, you know, yelling as loud as he can. And he realizes that the only one who's going to get him out of this is himself. There's no one there. There's no one to hear him calling. He has no Mm -hmm. cell phone. He left that back in the van. He's got no clothes. They're at the bottom of the lake. I mean, ugh. How scary. He sort of perches himself next to a tree trunk and waits for dawn. Wow. Okay. And in the night, the pain started. I'm sure that the pain was exquisite. Like it was probably beyond anything he had ever felt beyond anything I've ever felt. That's for sure. So in the morning he got super excited because he spotted a couple of airplanes. And so he like tries to get to the top of a tree to, you know, wave and call, but to no avail. I mean, as Mm. we've known from every other story that we've ever told when an airplane goes by, they're not going to see you. Right. Right. (laughs) It's so hard to happen. He's got nothing to use for a signal. He's got nothing. So 
he just gets down from the tree and starts wandering around again. He's going to try to find his way back to his van. But he ends up wandering around and kind of going in circles and realizes he's not getting anywhere. He's just getting more and more lost. And so he feels his only choice is to actually go back into the water and try to cross the lake again. Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So he wades in and he can, there's like a quarter mile curve and then he'll be able to see the boat ramp. I mean, mm. so he he knows it's not far, but unfortunately, his progress is stymied the entire way. There's submerged logs, there's tall grasses, there's overhanging brush. There's all these things that are getting in the way of him being able to swim or even get across the lake. He's just struggling and he pretty much almost blacks out when he actually like hits his stump on a branch. And just wax it. I know. I read that part and it was like, well, I almost threw up on my computer. (laughs) So he's struggling through like chest deep murky water. Mm -hmm. And then he looks behind him and there's an alligator like (gasps) a hundred feet away. Oh my gosh. And he kind of tries to get away and is able to make it to a little bit shallower water. Uh-huh. And at that point, he sees the gator's eyes sink underwater <gasps> again. He's just like now being followed by mm-hmm. an alligator. He knows there's at least one big alligator in the water, probably most likely more. And he's further from this stupid boat ramp than ever. So night falls again. Mm-hmm. He's been out. He struggled the whole day. He has not been able to make it any closer. So he happens upon sort of a concrete structure that was probably part of the reservoir system. And so he he gets onto that. And at this point, you know, he's hungry, he's thirsty, he's in agony. He was able to sort of stretch out on this concrete block and actually go to sleep. So Mm. he has a little reprieve from all of his pain and terror. But when he wakes up, he realizes that his other arm had been dangling over the side of this concrete structure and it could have just been like you know gobbled up again so he was like nope i gotta figure out a way out of here like this is it Mm -hmm. he wanted to get to dry land so at this point eric has decided you know what i'm done courting death i want to live wow (laughs) i'm not doing any of these things that are going to put me in harm's way potentially I want to live. I want to get out of here. I want, you know, I choose life. Oh, so it's dark still. And he decides he's going to continue on. He's done sleeping. He almost lost his other arm. He felt like he has new inspiration for life. And so he blunders out. He's still pretty disoriented and just ends up wandering throughout the night. Oh, my gosh. I'm surprised he hasn't lost like a lot of blood. Yeah, actually, it kind of talks about that later. Oh, okay, good. So we'll kind of get into it. Sunrise comes on now yet another day. Uh, it's his third day out in the swamp. Wow. Um, and before long, of course, it gets ridiculously hot. Again, it's Florida in July. He's mm. in the middle of a swamp. It's just broiling. He said he had uh, horse flies, green horse flies, <gasps> like going all around his injury and stuff. And so... 
he was trying to like keep those away and again he's totally naked and he's got like a bone sticking out dump yeah i know i'm sorry oh my gosh and he he was actually able to find a few tiny purple flowers that he was able to nibble on so he had some sustenance and then he had the swamp which he was able to actually sort of put his hand into mud and mm-hmm. then enough water would seep into his hand that he felt like he could drink that interesting okay i don't know if that's real safe so now he's beginning to fade he's had very little food mm-hmm. not a lot of water He's bloodied. He's utterly spent. But he's made this decision. He's chosen life. So he's going to make it. Even if it makes pain and frustration and endless struggle, he was getting out of there. Good for him. So he sort of makes a little place for him to sleep and then ends up taking a little nap and then kind of comes to reinvigorate it again and heads on. So at last he finds dry land. But unfortunately, it is choked out with thorny vines. Oh, my God. It's like there's no, yeah, nothing has been easy for this guy. So it was either the swamp or this huge thicket of thorny vines. And he's just like, I'm not going back in that swamp. I don't care how, I mean, how painful could a few vines or, you know, few thorns be? I'm just going to go through it. Oh, so he does oh my god okay (laughs) psychs himself out he drags himself into the bramble and he's like crab walking he's getting sliced and punctured he's got to stop every now and again to sort of psych himself up to be in even more pain and eventually he comes across a beer bottle and he's just like oh there's people (laughs) near how far can you throw a beer bottle 40 feet yeah i could make it another 40 feet Okay, okay. And so he, that's exactly what he did. He finally made his way through the end of the thorns and he sort of staggers up to the roadside and just kind of hangs out right next to this wire fence. So there's the swamp, Uh all the thorns, Uh sort of a field, a fence, and then the road. Okay. on this side of the fence and the road is on the other side of the fence and he's just like i'm not going over the fence right (laughs) i'm done yeah they can they can freaking find me here Mm -hmm. and fortunately their park near the fence was a red car and so he's like hey i need help and this sort of stranger looks over this man and sees this like bloodied naked dude with a stump and mm-hmm. you know rolling out <laughs> he's just like what were you doing back there <laughs> and he's like uh a gator got me do you have any water and he's yeah. just like i don't have any water but i'm gonna get you some yeah and so he ended up hanging out on this side of the fence. Mm-hmm. Like I said, he just, he was at his end. He couldn't do it. The paramedics could cut the fucking fence. <laughs> like he's yeah. not doing it. Yeah, for sure. So the EMTs came and they actually did whisk him by helicopter to the hospital. Good. So Eric ended up spending nearly three weeks in the hospital. Mm. His wound uh, had become infected. Oh, I bet. In the swamp water. Mm -hmm. Um, So surgeons ended up actually having to take off quite a bit more. He had lost his arm just below the elbow. um, And he ended up losing it all the way up to just before the shoulder. Wow. They had to take quite a bit. 
So apparently the, uh, the surgeons were like, it's crazy that you didn't bleed to death. And apparently he's by some miracle, his wound hardly bled. Like he doesn't know why the surgeons don't know why he was in water. Like it should have just kept on bleeding the whole time he was there, but it didn't. And so yeah, he did not bleed to death while he was out there. He ate like a machine the entire time he was in the oh. hospital. And he actually sent one of his friends out to go get him some gator bites. Oh my <laughs> gosh. That's I get awesome. It. And so really he just took away from this, you know, if he can fight a gator, you can open your own business. You can do whatever. Oh. And all these things that maybe you're scared of. Well, he fought a gator and he's still kicking. So oh. go ahead and do it. You're, you know, there's nothing to be that scared of. Yeah. He said he didn't think he would do it and it sounded pretty ridiculous, but he ended up making it out of that swamp alive. Oh, he did it. And now he wants to live and be an inspiration to others. I love that. Uh, He did it. He did do it. That's interesting. The whole, like the thing about God and like, I'm just going to do stuff to maybe almost die but when he almost did die he's like never mind never mind oh just kidding yeah (laughs) i actually want to live that's crazy well that's that's an amazing story well and i will let you know if i see a gator so apparently right outside of where we're going to stay um Uh there's sort of this swampy area oh gosh there is an alligator out there (gasps) like paul and cassie have seen it no okay they don't have a fence and we are bringing the dog so i'm vaguely concerned i'm gonna have to fight a alligator to save goose yeah goose especially you will do it yeah i would do it i don't even know i would probably just go blind with rage and just be like no my dog yeah use my mind and whatever goose is a scaredy cat he'll look at it be like nah no nope out he is a scaredy cat he's like i need my mom i'm gonna go find her go hide behind her that's so funny (laughs) my goodness Um, well those were very brave stories my goodness i know my god they're different braver different braves you can't compare you know everyone goes through their own like shit so you can't really compare well said caitlin yeah well said yeah but uh i enjoyed both of those stories and uh michelle gotta get to her vacay yeah i gotta go (laughs) I'll take a picture of that gator if I see it, though. Yeah, please do. That'd be crazy. Uh, well, yeah, you guys. Well, thank you so much for listening. And if you like what you hear, give it more listens and such. Uh, yeah, we'll s- that's right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, we'll see you guys next time. Goodbye. Right. Bye.